Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest, Cameron Lemons Debro. That was an ugly one. I mean, there's there's no other way to put that game. Uh, Wake Forest takes down Liberty 37-36, having to stop a two-point conversion with about a minute and a half left in the game to seal the deal. I, it was ugly. Uh, there's there are games that you know can feel a little more uglier than they actually were. You know, you come out of it, you look at the post game win expectancy. It's like you know Wake was 60, 70 percent favored. You know the scoreboard didn't really say that. Uh, yeah, that wasn't one of these games. Uh, this was a game the post game win expectancy was I believe 37 percent. Um, yeah, I mean Wake got up gained. They it felt like they couldn't move the ball as well as they should have, both on the ground and through the air. They had eight penalties for 70 yards. They lost time of possession. Liberty really had a great game plan in terms of keeping the ball and um, and shortening the game. But it's really weird to be told, maybe told us, you know, going into the season and going even into Saturday, that if Wake had turned Kayon Salter and the team in Liberty over, Four times in the game, I believe it was twice in the first half, and then another two times in the second half. Uh, if they had, um, if they had done that, because it was it was three times in the in the first half. I guess Salter threw three interceptions in the first half, well two, and then Bennett threw one. If you tell us that that happens, we're all like, oh yeah, Wake's running away with this. You know, fifty to ten, this game is nothing. Um. Yeah, I mean, they had three first-half inter- um, interceptions, and right after those, those, they went interception, punt, touchdown, so they went seven points off three turnovers. It's not really the ratio of what you want. Um, I mean, I think on the round, they, they, there was only one thing that could have made me feel as bad going into Clemson, and I think it just perfect storm happened. So I think, you know, similar to last week, Go by position, position, and keep the grades. Did well. What didn't go well, um, and then you know, after that, take a little look ahead to the upcoming game against Clemson, which will probably make or break. I don't know if it will make or break the season. Uh, they lost against Clemson last year and still won the Atlantic. But I mean, it's you know one of these days you got to get the monkey off your back. So we'll actually go. Uh, we'll go back to front here. Uh, so I'm going to start with the defensive backs. Uh, yeah, for me, the, the, the thing I worry about was injuries. That is the one thing that I sat here and was, and was like, and um, the Twitter space that me and Les had last week. The, and I said, the only thing that would make me worry is if the injuries in the defensive backfield spiraled. That's what it feels like it has right now. With obviously, Kobe Davis is out for the season. Uh, Nick Anderson, I mean, won't be back, at least it sounds like, until around the by somewhere around the bye week so it might be FSU, it might be Army, might be Boston College. You don't really know right now. I I don't I think there's a two percent chance he's playable on Saturday. So you're down you're already down Kobe at nickel and you're already down Nick Anderson at safety. And you know it kind of feels like Evan Slocum isn't fully on the all the way back from his injury from in, from spring camp. So so, I mean, you're down three bodies already. And then you look at this and you go, all right, 
uh, Kalen Carson pulled a blame on one of the touchdown runs. Uh, I don't think J.J. Roberts is hurt. I think he might have just gotten benched. You know, what, what's going on there? All of a sudden, you're down two more corners. Then Brendan Harris plays six snaps. And, you know, I don't, I, I think he got banged up a bit. That, I can't, that's, that hurts. I mean, he was, he's one of the guys that's been getting them right, like aligned and has been a pretty solid player for them um, last two games. That hurts. And then you see, I mean, AJ Williams came back in the game and he actually recovered the onside kick, but he's got a brace on his, on his wrist now that he had to get put on middle of the way through the game. And now, and you also have Jamal Martin who's out there playing with the cast. Um, and I think you'll have that cast on for a couple more weeks. In fact, that's, that's the biggest thing that I think is an issue right now for Wake moving forward is, you know, that feels like you know, while they went into the NC State game last year where, you know, it all of a sudden, you know, they had that UNC game and they have the Thompson game and they're like, wait a second, Wake's just not healthy back in defensive backfield anymore. I mean, you still have, you know, for, we'll say it's called five positions. You'll have Malik, Isaiah, Gavin Holmes, Jamal Martin, AJ Williams, and then Chalen Garns. And then I guess Deshaun Jones. I mean, they they went after John Jones every single time he was on, on the field. Um, I mean, you have six, maybe seven guys right now until you know about uh, until you know about Kalen, until you know about Brendan, until you know. And, you know, what do you have out of JJ right now? Um, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, there's, they had done a good job the first two games of, you know, of keeping the of the snaps low on the defensive side. Uh, I think against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt only ran 63 plays on defense, on the defense. And I think the highest snap count we saw there was 50 from Kalen uh, the week before. You look at that against BMI, and I think it was around mid 60s as well. I think it was um, actually I think BMI might have pushed 70, but the highest snap count we saw there was in the mid 40s with Rondell. Um, so that's so you know those two kind of winning Wake's favor there, and then you have Saturday where Wake's out there for 80 plays, and you have Gavin Holmes out there for 74 snaps, Chase Jones was out there for 70 snaps, Minda was out there for 70 snaps. Chalen Garns was out there for 70 snaps. Wingfield, 67. Bothering Malik, 60. Like, that's the type of games you're trying to avoid moving forward. Like, you're, you're not going to win every game in the blowout, but that's one thing Wake is trying to avoid right now in terms of keeping their depth because, I mean, we saw last year what happens when you sit up there and run a defense over and over and over, you know, 80, 85, 90, 90 plays. They're going to get banged up. They're going to get tired and they're going to have breakdowns. And, I mean, we saw all three of those things on Saturday and partially was because and it's not that's not necessarily just on the offense. I mean they were they just couldn't the defense couldn't get off the field and fourth downs. I it, it's kind of baffling. The the team was I think amazing on third downs. I want to say they were they were four for 16 on the third downs um against Liberty, but then allowed them to go four and five four for five on fourth down conversions. Like that that has some that has to keep Brad Lambert and Dave Costin up tonight. Um, and we'll blow up last night is you know they you guys did a fantastic job on third downs and the fourth down you couldn't couldn't get them off the field and that's where things kept spiraling. 
Um, the injuries, I mean, we're going to injury slash benching. I mean, I think JJ might have gotten benched for that rest of the game. Um, we're going to figure it out. We're going to have to figure it out. I mean, it looked like it looked like Liberty was going to get in and Liberty graded out completely well. I don't think he was as bad as the grades, but it looked. I was very, very pleased with Chandler Barnes um, again. Um, I thought he had an amazing, amazing game. He had the interception, had 10 tackles. Um, I think the only time he was ever targeted was the, uh, was quote unquote targeted was the interception he had. Uh, I thought Chalen, I thought Chalen played really well, only missed one tackle, created it well. I thought Wingfield had one bad play and it was really, really tough that that one bad play was the, uh, was the bomb. Uh, it looked like that Salter was almost dead. The rights kind of launches the bomb and you see the receiver just kind of standing there in the end zone, uh, catches it in, in Wingfield, he, who had actually slipped on the play. Wingfield was play, looked like Wingfield was playing pretty good coverage and then just slips. It looks like he's just scrambling to get back to the receiver. Receiver makes one move on him and he kind of looks silly and, you know, losses into the end zone. And I think that was Wingfield's only bad play. The rest of the time for Wingfield, I thought, you know, I, I, he gave us some catches. And that's going to happen when you're working in the slot. I don't think you're ever going to be someone that's going to go perfect in the slot. But uh, he did a good job limiting the damage. And I then also got a, a massive pick in the first half. So I thought that was some really encouraging time for him, especially losing Kobe. Uh, Malik Mustafa is uh, one of the best safeties in the, in the ACC. That is, he is a first team all, all ACC to me right now. Um, really, really, really impressed with what we've seen from Malik. Whether it's in, it was a run game, whether it was in passing game, I think he has seven tackles, three assisted, uh, four run stops. He popped a ball out on the fumble. Um, I, I thought he was. I, every he had two sacks. I thought everything besides literally an interception, which I mean, he wasn't really in cover. I think he was only targeted once. I think everything besides a, a an interception was what you expected out of Malik. It was he he played well. That is that that is one of the best better safeties in the in the ACC, hands down. Uh, I mean, Kalen, I thought played extremely well. Um, you know, whenever they went at him, didn't really go well. He didn't really hear his name called a whole lot. Except like they went from to him on a couple of third downs. I think he, he stopped both of them. Uh, I was really 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 impressed with Kalen. I mean, you just gotta hope he's okay. Jamal Martin played, I, and I know I, I know there was. Some hesitancy, and you became in a little late. You know, it has the hand injury, wearing a cast. You know, what what can you really expect out of him? I mean, first 26 snaps, graded the highest highest in the team. Uh, I think he played extremely well, um, given the situation he was thrown into. He, you know, it was it, it was kind of weird watching him try to you know, punch the ball out with cast uh, from here and there. But when he was asked to be in coverage, I think he did a, an extremely good job. Um, and I, I didn't give a couple catches, but they were for minimal gains. Um, had a pass break up in the end zone. I thought I thought he played phenomenal in the snaps, and I think he's earned some snaps moving forward. I mean, JJ, I mean, we didn't see him after really the second quarter, so can't really do much there. And like I said, they they went right at um, they went right at Deshaun Jones, and then you could tell Wake didn't really trust him all that much because they had him backed up a lot. I'd probably give the DBs a, a B minus. Um, I thought tackling could have been better across the board. Um, 
but I think as, as a whole, they played well, but I mean, it, it's hard to give anyone, you know, a, a really high grade in this, in this sort of game. I, I think the DBs played well. I think they flew, I think they flew around the, around the field, but actually I'll, I'll go B. I, I think, I think they'll get a solid B. Um, I think they were the second best part of the game for me, at least. Injury's not great, but I thought they were, they were fine. Linebackers, I mean, they were kind of all over the place. Um, you know, Chaz Jones has some, some weird missed tackles that I, you know, I thought he could, I thought he's normally good for. Uh, Spenda, I thought played really well. I thought, I thought Spenda played extremely well. I don't really think we got too many. So I think we got maybe a, a most 11 snaps out of a guy like Dylan Hazen and Quincy Bryan. I thought they were fine. And then they made their tackles when they needed to. Came in and gave, gave Bryan and, and Chaz a breather. Same for Sean Jones. I went with uh, Jalen Hudson, excuse me. I thought they, I thought they, I thought they really did what they needed to do. I, I, I this game was tough. It, it, it even walked them a couple, couple times. I, mean, I thought the linebackers were solid. I, I'll give them a B. I think I give them a B too. I thought they were, I thought they were solid. There wasn't anything I can point to that was like, this is awful that you need to fix this immediately. There's a couple, like, there's a couple missed tackles, but I think as a whole, like, Outside of a couple of run fits, which you know those are going to happen game to game, and they're still you still need to dock for that. Um, I thought the Ryan, I thought the Spenda scoop after the Malik fumble was great. Um, I think that's a point in their favor, but I think you know just averaging them out at a solid B, pretty fine, pretty fine point. I think that's I think that's fine. Uh, the only people I think I'm going to give a B plus or higher to is going to be the defensive line. I thought the defensive line played actually great. I thought they were the best part of the of the game for Wake. You sit here and you have what well, Roddy had a sack. Sheen Davis had a sack. Kobe Turner had a sack. Um I like that they got they got some good sack numbers out of their out of their defensive line. That's what you need. Um you're looking at you know QB hurries. I think Ron Miller had three himself. Uh, Sheen Davis had two. Kobe Turner had two. Uh Kevin Pointer had three. Kendron Wayman had one. I, I thought it was a really good pressure game. I thought the the ends and the tackles did a, a really good job of of getting to the quarterback um, and really making him have to think. And that's some of the pressure caused those three interceptions. Um, so I was really, really pleased with that. Uh, there weren't too many missed tackles, at least from like defensive linemen. Um, just looking at, just looking over things, at least um, via PFF, looks like Rondi has one, Dion has one, Jasheen has one, and Kevin Pointer has one. So, I mean, I'll take, on a, on a game you have, you have 80 plays, you know, you have a missed tackle from these guys on, you know, I'd say if they're all like different plays, you have a missed tackle 5% of the time, I'm, I'm fine. I, I think that's fine. You're not going to make, you want them to make every tackle, they're not going to make every tackle. Um, but I thought they, it wasn't something that was like, oh, wow, they were bad tackling. No, they were, thought they were good in the tackling department. I was, I was really pleased. I, I felt like, a, it felt like a quiet game for Rondi. Rondi still had a sack and three pressures and a batted ball. Uh, <laughs> so and he had three run stops. So yes, I'm I'm cool with that. I thought the run, I thought the run defense could have been a little better. Um, but I think it was more of like the blips. And they might have more blips that led them to, to more rushing yards. But as a whole, I mean, I think rushed for 172 yards on 39 rushes. You know, that's that's fine. I'm 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 somewhat okay with that. I don't know. I don't know what to really do offensive line right now. I thought pass blocking wise, 
I was probably pass blocking wise, I'd give them an A minus. I thought they were really, really good. Uh, for PFF, they didn't get charged with any of the sacks that Sam took. Um, I thought they were very good in my department. Uh, I, I think the only time I could see anyone was in the line, I think it was Camp Nate from the line. But on the whole, I, I thought, you know, I think they only gave up about four pressures um, in one QB hit, just like just that was just on them. I thought they were, I thought they were really good in the pass blocking perspective. I, I thought, I think Devontae Gordon grades out as, you know, top 15 tackle in the country with his. I mean, everyone else, he graded as like an NFL level. Everyone else graded above average. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Run blocking wise, I, I just don't know what to do right now. And it's not just them, and I want to make this more of a general statement than it is just an offensive line. And I think this is a very general statement here. I was told earlier today that they had a, that their practice this week wasn't good. I mean, you could hear it from Smenda's post game press conference quotes where, uh, quote unquote, a team with some hype got humble. That's all it was. We thought we were going to go right in and beat the brakes off of them, and that wasn't the case. Um, it, it, and it looked like a team that had a bad week of practice. I think we know, we all know they're better than this. We all, we all know that they're better than what they showed on Saturday. And that, that's a, that was a bit deflating, but I'm, it, the, the run blocking, I, I just don't, it felt like they were just getting mumbled. And, and part of it was Liberty just said, they're, you're not going to run the ball. Liberty would go out there and have, you know, six, seven, eight in the box, have, have, have a, sometimes have a, a corner or just a DB in general kind of coming off the edge to, to come in late to, to really wait while the, the running back's waiting to is he get in the ball, might get in the ball and go from there. He kind of blow it up um, and right as the running back's getting, getting the ball, just kind of, you know, ankle tackle him, go from there. It just, it felt, it just felt like they just got no, no push. Um, if you were watching the broadcast and listening to the uh, listening to the analyst and you heard flatbacks one more time, um, I, I, I do think the one thing he did point out was they no one was really shooting off. Like everyone was just, I mean, and as part of the slow mesh, and you don't really know if it's run or if it's pass, but it just felt like even when they needed to, then they knew, you know, we're going to run on this down. It felt like they just didn't get the push. It just felt like it, they didn't get the push. It felt like the running backs, and we'll get to the running backs, it felt like the running backs in, were cutting too much in the backfield and kind of and instead of like thinking like, okay, cool, I can just kind of I can bounce it outside for a second, or you know, I can just take three, four yards here. They would they would they would want a bigger hole and a bigger every question. It was rough out. And that was the run game is rough. I I I get why they they ran for so few yards. I don't necessarily agree with why they just stopped running it. I thought it was, I mean, they said it was a grow, it was a throw game. Um, once they probably were about the second, third quarter. Um, I mean, the, 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 the bad part is though, when it, when we kind of see it is when the mesh is the run part of it comes off. The best part about the, the mesh is that it puts the linebackers in conflict and where the linebackers don't necessarily have to be in conflict anymore. They don't have to think about, is it a run? Is it a pass? Then, you know, it gives them a little more leeway to, to clog up holes in the middle of the field where Sam and most weight quarterbacks are going to love to love to throw the ball to easy throws over the middle. Um, it was it, that it was rough. 
that that was the, the, the run game was rough. There's no no way to put it. I'll probably give the line a C plus. I think I think they were that good in, in pass blocking and that not good in run blocking. I'll, I I think I'll land around there. They just they just have, next game they just have to be better run blocking. Um, there's no there's no two ways about it. You guys have just got to be better there. <laughs> I think the running backs, I'll probably, I'd probably give a C to. Uh, I thought Cooley was good in his snaps. Um, I want to see if he's healthy. I uh, look like he got uh, bent up a little bit with a little ankle twist um, in one of his runs, and that's tough. I mean, he, he looked good. I mean, as good as you probably could in this scenario. Uh, I mean, not to say that I don't think Ellison and Turner necessarily looked bad. They weren't, they weren't fumbling the ball. They weren't just being in nabbed, but I thought that they were trying to do a little bit too much. And I think Dave Boston also thinks they were trying to do a little too much. Um, I don't think they necessarily, I don't think any of them really did anything bad in the pass blocking game. I think all, I'm pretty sure that everyone except for the tight ends graded out above average in the in pass blocking sets. Um, I think we only have one snap in that, but I think he graded as either above average, just right below it, like maybe like half a point. Uh, Christian Turner graded um, above average. Uh, Justin Ellison graded well above average. So, you know, I'm kind of I'm, I'm happy with I'm happy with that, and I think that's an important part of moving forward. Is just you know getting the run game going. Um, I'd probably give them a C. There's not really much I can I can do past that. Um, I it it was an ugly game. It, it was ugly. Uh, receiver slash tight ends. Uh, happy for Blake Whitehart. He got Blake Whitehart got in the end zone. Uh, Jamal Banks. You had Jamal Banks on. Uh, you you win. You win. I uh, was really really pleased with what we saw out of Keyshawn. Uh, there were there were reasons why I heard he was, you know, as good if not better than Dorch, you know, in practice. And there's the points that there that really really showed. He has game breaking mentality. Five catches for 129 yards on eight targets. Jamal Banks, you know, six hatches, seven targets for 55 yards and two touchdowns. That's, I think that's great. Um, I think I think someone needed to take necessarily that like Donald Stewart role. I don't know necessarily. If, I, I think I think Jamal Banks was going to end up being better than, than Donald Stewart, but I think someone needed that you know sure-handed role where it felt like Donald Stewart was just kind of catching everything that came his way, and it's like, oh, it's cool. I think Jamal Banks is filling that role very well. I don't think we saw a Donovan Green target passed like the second quarter, maybe early in the third, but it, he was out there, but I don't, I mean, I, that's what I thought was going to be the game plan, which was on the, it was on the drive, right after Chase Jones um, had the tip pass interception. Um, I think Rondi had actually tipped it maybe, and then Chase uh, comes up and grabs it. And I think the next play is a Donovan Green just bombed down the right sideline. I thought that was going to be the game plan for more often than not. I I thought that they, I felt as if Wake had a better, had better receivers than they had corners. And so I thought, you know, closer to the, the Vandy game of, we're just going to beat you deep. And I, I thought that was going to be it. And I think, you know, one of the plays that, that AT had scored on against Vandy was, I think they were running that play when Sam gets his arm hit. And um, I think it's, I think Connor O'Neill pointed out, it feels like if Sam throws the ball like a half second earlier, you know, AT's off and running. But um, didn't even end up in an interception. I think they're trying to run some plays that they ran in Vanderbilt, but I thought they'd make it a more vertical game. 
I thought I thought they'd make it a lot more taking deep shots down the field versus working the middle, working the middle. Um, so that was, it was just, and I don't know if it's good or bad. I think we would be able to win with both, but it was just, it was interesting to see that game plan. I, I, I don't, I, AT, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on there. I mean, he had, he had a drop, he had a couple of drops actually. I um, mean, he had the ball that was, it, that I, it in part, and that's where that, the throw, like a pass is just a two, takes two to tango. You know, you, there's the argument that if Sam throws it earlier, you know, and it looked like AT was wide open for, for a bit, you know, maybe he isn't stepping out of bounds and, you know, you have a, you're down like the, the five, six, wherever it was. Um, but the other side of that tango is, you know, why is AT drifting towards the sideline that much? Like, they, he, I know he's trying to find a hole in the zone. He finds the hole in the zone, but, you know, it, it felt like he was just drifting way too close to the sideline and where he, what he needed to do and what I think he's pretty much been talking about. So that's where that's kind of confusing to me is like, you know, having that spatial awareness of, you know, where, where's, where the boundaries, where am I supposed to be? And, you know, that was a play that hurt. That could have been, that would have been a huge play. They could have been down to the, um, deep in the red zone. And, you know, he just, they didn't. I'm happy, I'm, I think I mentioned it, happy wake up, play white heart, got in the end zone. Uh, I've liked how they've, I've, I will say I've liked how they've used the tight ends in this, uh, this year, um, whether it was Mitch or whether it was Sam, um, you know, tight end screen against Vanderbilt was fun. Having played quite hard kind of leak out today um, on Saturday was, was fun. Uh, I, I think that these, that these tight ends can be valuable people. They think, you know, they're, they're tweeters, not necessarily your, your Cam Sarenays, who are, you know, Cam is a very, very good pass catching tight end. Versus your Brandon Chapman's, who was a very, very good hard nose take on blocks sort of tight end. I think I think Blake's kind of kind of in the middle of like of he's a very good catcher and he can also block pretty well. So that, but I think being able to use him and take some of the stress off of the wide receivers is going to be important as the year goes on. Um, for the receivers, I, I I'll go B minus. I thought I thought Keyshawn and Jamal and and Blake were through that good to over to overcome you know. There, I think Dom had a drop too, but it took really overcome, you know, what else happened the rest of that game. I thought they were fine. Quarterback. I'd probably give Sam a C. Uh, I thought, I thought I, there were some throws that I, I think he just, they, I mean, Dave Cawson said it himself. There were just, there were just, just hitch routes and then just quick outs that Sam, that Sam has done in his sleep. Um, it's something that it's something he's done in their sleep, and it's really, it's really, um, it 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 was just weird to see that on Saturday. The fact that he was just that there was just certain things he just missed, and I'm I'm so confused about that. Um, I mean, Sam said he gave him a D. I wouldn't I wouldn't give him a D. Um, I'd probably give him a C on that. Um, you know, one of the only interceptions is in his fault. He got, gets his arm hit by his fault. Um, and I thought the throw to I thought I thought the throw to Jamal in the back of the end zone was, was, was good. The, the the duality of Sam Hartman was kind of on display, where he kind of has a similar throw. It feel it kind of feels like a similar throw with where, where the one the interception he throws that the safety comes over Cam, um, Cam Hyde, I believe, was the intended target there. Um, was that Cam Hyde or? Um, or Blake Wi-Fi, I can't remember. But he has a receiver over the middle, and you know, the, he just doesn't throw it. He doesn't time it right. 
Um, he throws it a little late, and it allows the safety to come over there and make a play. And I think late in the game, when that kind of same sort of thing happened, and Keyshawn's in, in like in the intended target there, I think Sam makes the perfect throw and the perfect timing to put it right on Keyshawn before the safety can get over there. And I think that's the duality of Sam Hartman. And I think there's that there's some there's and I think that's normally what we see out of Sam Hartman is there are some throws that I'm just you're I don't know what's going on there. And then there's some some big time throws and they're right on the dot. Um and you know that's why I kind of put that as CS like you know like there's there are a lot of throws I think he wants he wants back beside even just beside the interception. Um and I didn't and he got charged with all three sacks. That's I think the biggest thing is that he got charged with the sacks. Um, I honestly may put one of them on on Cam Height. I think Cam Height had a guy just blow by him. But there are a couple of the, a couple of sacks. He it was him holding on to the ball too long. And, you know, it happens. And um, you know, you learn from that and you and you move on. That's just kind of what it is. I think he's still great at well. I, I think I think he honestly ends up being the ACC player of the player of the week at quarterback. Um but I, I, I think there was there there was there was up and there was down there. Um, as a whole, I mean, I don't think it goes without saying. I mean, I have to say that that can't be how you play against Clemson next week. It can't be. Um, but you know, what do you what do you fix? It's like, do you have do you just have a better practice? Do you, like like what like what went wrong this week that is fixable for next week? Who do you have back? Do you have your DBs back? I mean, I, I know Clemson's offense has been kind of up and down, but We've known in the past that when Wake's trying to hide DBs, it makes kind of everything else a little bit, a little bit harder, and, little, and everything else kind of breaks down. Does that change with a new defensive coordinator? Um, you know, are some guys just going to be back that you're that you're happy with? I don't know. Um, I think I think Connor actually had a, a pretty interesting tweet the other day, or well, today, about you know how many points that. How many points did Wake score last night um, on Saturday? And it was I think, 37. The last time a team has scored 37 points in regulation against Clemson was the 2020 Justin Fields um, Ohio State team, Joe Burrow in the Natty in 2019, and then Nathan Peterman in 2016 again in regulation. Yeah, that that is that's an interesting. An interesting, interesting thing is they don't give up points. This is a team, this is Clemson, been a good defense for years and years and years. And even now with the new defense coordinator, and they still look kind of up and down, you know, they still aren't giving up a whole lot of points. So it's going to be interesting to see what what's the score that, what number are Wig fans happy with? They'd say, I think we can win with that number if we score that number. Um, before we get a little bit too much into Clemson, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So looking at Clemson, I mean, I don't think there's any shock that Clemson is 3-0 right now. Um, I don't think they've looked as good as people would think they should by now. Um, I'm a, I was, I'm someone that was very, very high on their, uh, on their defense. And I know the defense has been a little banged up and I think they're going to get some of those defensive linemen back next week um, on Saturday, which is, you know, kind of terrifying, but I think, I think the DBs have looked a little, I don't think I want to use the word suspect, but I think the DBs have looked different. The DBs have definitely looked not as, not as aggressive and not 
have shut down as we've seen in the past. I mean, last year they had excellent ones. I think the guys now are still great, but I don't know if it's the same level that we experienced last week, one last year. I mean, they're, they're dealing with some injury stuff. So I know Tyler Davis is banged up. It looks like uh, Andrew, safety Andrew Makuba, um, something going on with his right arm. Uh, it's DB, um, safety, uh, Nate Wiggins, DB, uh, groin injury. Um, yes, yeah, so I defensively, you know, there's, I don't want to use the word exploitable, but I think there are holes that if used right, if exploited right, can be used to Wiggs' advantage. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know if they're exactly the, they're not what UGA looks like right now. UGA looks like an, like an un, like a well-oiled machine. Um, they don't look like that. So I don't know if they're necessarily behemoths, but, you know, it took like a little bit last year to kind of get going. Will that, will that happen again this year? Offensively for Clemson, I mean, DJ actually, for all the struggles Clemson has had this year, it hasn't been DJ. Like, DJ looked a little rough in the first half against against uh, Georgia Tech. But since then, um, I, mean, I think he's his feet have looked a lot better. He has really, like, he's thrown some money. He's thrown some, some balls in the money. Um, now, you know, guys like Joseph Nada, uh, Joseph Nada has got to do that. I think Antonio Williams – uh, someone who actually Wake actually offered last year, you know, I think he looks really good in, in their in their slot. Um, you know, Bo Collins looked looks has looked good, but you know, how consistent can we trust these wide receivers right now to be? Um, Will Shipley looks great, kid. I don't know in pass blocking wise, I don't think he looks all that great in in in, in the run game wise. I think he he looks great. I think Clemson is going to be a team that leans on the run a lot this year. So I'm I'm interested I'm interested to see what their game plan is going into this game. Um, you know I think Wake, for the most part, did a pretty good job of hitting of, of limiting explosive plays. Um, I think the only time they had some they only they gave a um, a bunch of big close um, big explosive plays were um, I think they maybe had seven in that game. So seven over course of 80 plays would give you about a what was that number? My brain doesn't want to work right now. They give you about an eight per, an 8.75 percent um, explosive play rate. That's usually that's fine. Um, Wake Forest last year was giving up you know about like an 11 an 11 to 12 percent explosive rate um, plays, and I think I think they've significantly cut down on that. Um, I'm looking at, I'm pulling a number from David Hale right now on explosive plays. And, you know, this was November 1st, 2021. Um, it looked like, you know, for offensive wise, uh, you know, the low, the low end of, of having explosive plays is 8.85%. Def- defensively, you know, Wake last year at that time, it's giving up 14%, which was a good for 103rd in the, in the country. Um, if, you're average, if you're having a, about an 8 to 9% explosive play rate, you're you're doing pretty well. Um, I think Wake. I think Wake. Me being conservative is probably around. I'd say ultimately around ten percent. Ten percent would put you in pretty good standing in the. Uh, in 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 the uh, in the in the stats here. Uh, maybe that's something I'll I'll, I'll actually pull for uh, during the week just to see where that goes. But I think they. I think stuff. I think some of the explosive plays from. From the from the game against Liberty were there, but on the whole, running running eighty plays, I think they were. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, I mean, you don't you obviously don't want them to happen, but if you're if they're only happening seven, eight, nine percent of the time instead of 14, 15 percent of the time, then that's that's about what you want there. Um, I'm, I mean, I this is a game that you just got to be worried about and you got to figure out this is a game that tells you who you are. Um, you know, in, in years past, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, this wasn't the game that Wake could say this would define who we are. Now that you're competing for ACC Atlantic titles, now that you're competing for ACC titles, you're competing for year six and everything else. This is the game that starts telling you who you are. You know, is the is the team that we saw against Liberty the team who you are? Is the pieces and sums we've seen from parts of the, from the VMI game and from the Vanderbilt game? Is that who you are? You know, what or is there somewhere in the middle? You know, what kind of team is Wake it is 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 Wake? Uh, you don't have to deal with Death Valley. I know Clemson fans are going to travel very well. We look like Liberty travel on. I know Clemson's going to travel very well. But it's going to be a game that tells you a lot about yourself. Um, I think offensively, it's going to be a game, you know, it's, your game plan is going to tell a lot of how you feel about this game. Are you going to hit a lot of quick passes? Are you going to be a team that can actually run the ball? Are you going to be a team that's just going to try to take some deep shots? Are you going to try to play ball control? Um, I don't know if playing ball control might be the best thing, but I mean, that if, if there was a formula to beat an exact formula to beat Clemson, I think, you know, Warren Ruggiero, who is 17 million times smarter than me, would have would be implementing it 100 percent of the time. Um, I don't think there's one necessarily foolproof way, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see throughout the you know throughout the week and, you know, on Saturday, what what goes into what, what are they going to draw? Um, I don't think this is a game where you try to go a little trickeration, you know, even even a. You know, a, a weird flea flicker or a wildcat pass. I don't know. I don't know about any of that, but I mean, I think it's a game that you need. You feel like you need to execute. I think this is kind of, this game is going to come down to: Are you executing the plays you have correctly? Yes, no. And that goes to drops. That goes to blocks. That goes to passes. Goes to tackles. Is right now? Can you execute the fundamentals? Yes, no. If you can execute the fundamentals, then I think you have a much better shot of beating Clemson. I don't know if you will, but I think you have a much better shot of beating Clemson. If you're sitting there and like last year and you are not taking care of the football, I mean, we had the look like the game was was getting close where he just scored a touchdown and then it goes interception, fumble, field goal, fumble. And that's the game right there. Like that, that's literally the game. You know, I think this is I, I, I think you taking care of the football is gonna, it's always going to be very important. But then what you do when you get the football back. Like when Wake when Wake got an interception against against uh, Clemson last year, threw an interception on the next drive. When they got a fumble um, last year, fumbled the ball away on the very next play. And so I think that's going to be important is when you get these opportunities. And this defense has has been one that has been giving you opportunities. Not not only are they just flat out winning the um, not only just flat out winning the turnover margin. This is a team that's just flat out winning, just turning the like turning the ball over. Um, I think coming, I think after this game, um, Wake is tied for tenth in turnover margin. But if you look at actual, you know, turnovers gained, um, I I wouldn't be shocked to see them being, you know, a top fifteen, top twenty team. Yeah, they're they're tied for tenth in turnover turnovers gained. Um, you know, some of the teams around here and some of the defenses you see on here are, um, I mean, Liberty is up there with eleven. I mean, we saw last. On Saturday, they're good at forcing turnovers, but I mean, 
Southern Cal has been a team that's turned the ball, um, turned people over a lot. Duke surprisingly has been NC State. That's that's a good defense turning people over. Illinois, it's a really good defense been turning people over. Uh, Oregon State, been a good defense turning people over. I mean, they're they have more turnovers gained than Clemson. Uh, so I, I think they've they've done a really really good job of bringing pressure and and getting other teams to turn the ball over. It's now that next step of you know what happens when you get those opportunities. You've got to succeed there. Like this isn't a game you can sell field goals. It's a game you got to get in the end zone. It's a game you can't be dropping the ball. That just that can't happen. The drops clip that happened happened on Saturday can't happen. Not being able to run the ball, run the ball at a point eight clip, um, yard per carry can't happen. I don't need. I don't think. I the thing is, I don't think Wake needs to go out there and score seventy points and have this sort of army sort of oh, we're going to just be the best offense in the world. I think they need to just play a full four-quarter game of we're going, to, we're going to take advantage of our opportunities. We're not going to give you any short fields. We're not going to give you any opportunities to just kind of get some momentum. Sorry, David L. got going. I think it's something that you have to be able to just if you go, if you go out there and you execute in your game plan. That's and it, it feels like coach speak, but that's that's simply what it is. Like you can't you gotta take care of the football and you gotta do your job. If you do those things, most of the time people, most of the time games go your way. Football's about blocking, football's about tackling. Can you block Clemson? Can you tackle them? Right now, I mean the last couple of years, they haven't been able to block them, and sometimes they really haven't been able to tackle them. Can you can you execute? I think that's what's what's gonna, what's gonna happen here. Um, I'm uh, just to give you a little update on the scheduling for this week. Uh, this podcast is going up on Monday. Uh, this week we're going to have a uh, VIP Q and A over on Digging Digest on Thursday. Um, I'm hoping to uh, we'll be another podcast on Wednesday. I'm hoping to have guests uh, to kind of talk something about that. So stay tuned for that. Um, let's be covering the game on Saturday, um, and we'll have obviously the film room on Friday. And I think I mean it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting week with me and Dave Gossman coming up on Tuesday to talk to them, talk to the press and see what's going on there. And I, I, this is going to be a stressful week for, for Wake Forest fans. Already Sunday, and I think we're already going to start stressing out about it. As always, go Deeks.